0: We'd like to thank Farnham for sponsoring this episode of The Ride. Admit it, bugs suck. They're the last thing you want hanging around your horse and stable.
1: Our friends at Farnham can help rid your barn of those annoying, filthy, disease-carrying bad guys.
0: If you're ready for the best way to protect your horse your stable and yourself look to farnum's no-fly solution
1: the people over at Farnham have discovered the best way to set yourself up for success is by fighting on all fronts with their three-stage approach of block repel reduce you can be sure flies mosquitoes and ticks are kept away go to farnum.com
0: that's f-a-r-n-a-m.com to learn more and download a free copy of the horse owner's guide to creating your own no-fly zone Plus, you can find money-saving offers to help get you on your way to a fly-free zone. Farnham, your partner in fly control.
1: Thanks again to Farnham for sponsoring this episode of The Ride. This week, we talked to NRCHA professional Aaron Tormino. I was so excited
0: to sit down and talk with Erin. She has really been a huge inspiration to me as I joined the uh, cow horse industry. Um, She has a similar background to you and I, Jillian. Um, She came from the all around, which uh, Jillian is currently still doing all around stuff. And then I did the all around stuff for a long time before transitioning over to the cow horse. And, it was just really cool to talk with her because Erin is kicking butt in the uh, cow horse world right now. I mean, she is at the top of every big event, and it's so exciting to see a female professional, you know, out there because there's not many women that are professionals in the cow horse industry. And um, it's
1: it's just really cool to see someone that strong and, and that talented be up at the top. Yeah. And honestly, even though I'm started in the all around and I'm still here after talking to her and watching documentary that she was in like I don't know I might might have to start (laughs) getting my feet wet and with the cow horse it's super
0: fun but yeah um like Jillian like Jillian just said uh she was part of Down the Fence which was a um very big documentary that came out a couple years ago uh and that kind of followed Erin when she was still really fresh into her career as a professional. Um, you know, as she went out on her own, she had worked for some really big trainers, uh, for a while before going out on her own. But this documentary was coming out around the time that she was first starting to like have her own horses and her own clients. And, and, um, you kind of saw her struggling and, you know, as we all do, especially, you know, the cow horse is really insane because you you have to trust your horse 100% or else things are not going to go well. It's not, you know, you can only have so much control when there's another animal in the arena dictating what you're doing. And and so it was really, it was, it's cool to to look back and see, you know, where she was when that documentary came out and where she is now, where she's winning everything.
1: Yeah, it was fun watching it right before we talked to her. Cause I got to see like how she started and everything. And then talking to her was where now, where she is now, it was just really cool to see how quickly she, you know, grew her career and how well she's doing now. So speaking of horse shows, Jillian, you're actually at a horse show right
0: now as we record this, which is my, why we might be picking up some background noise of horses walking back and forth. And, um, I'm looking at, we, we record these by doing, um, Teams call so we can see each other while we're talking. And I, she's sitting at it in a barn, you know, with the stalls, horses walking to and from the show arena. Uh, so, Jillian, tell us what you're doing. Uh, tell us where you're going. What what's going on at the horse show you're at?
1: Yeah, I'm at the the Pinto World Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the Tulsa Expo Center, and today is the first day of showing. Um, so everyone's super excited and kind of getting getting the start of the horse show under their belts and so many kids are so nervous and everything, but, (laughs) um, it's, it's been a a good horse show so far. I got here on Friday, so we'll be here for about two weeks. So it's always world show season's
0: always exciting. There's just something different about getting ready for some of the world shows. Um, I've been to the Pinto world show once, um, and it was, you know, they have, so many classes. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I've never seen so many different events at one horse show. Um, so that was really cool to, to kind of, uh, get to be around some new stuff. Um, you know, like you said, you guys just got started, but you already had a girl win. So you guys are off to a really
1: great start. Yeah, we did. We, um, one of our, our youth girls won the 14 through 18 showmanship this morning. So at 730, um, <laughs> it was a and- good way Good, Good way, way to-, to start the horse show. <laughs> yeah. And, well,
0: and um, it's Jillian. It's your sister, right? That's the horse. That is your uh, the trainer, and you just come along for moral support and to help your sister out how you can. And yeah. and.
1: Do work from a stall. Uh, I do. (laughs) It's the best job ever, though. I can work from a horse show. You literally can't get better than that.
0: Yeah, it's really normal for, you know, our job to be... We're posted up in arenas, at stalls, in, you know, living quarters, RVs, hotels. It's it's kind of the perks of working for an equine magazine is that, you know, going to a horse show is part of the job, even though we we have to sit at a computer for
1: 10 hours or whatever. But we're still here and a part of it, so great. (laughs) So
0: anyway, um, yeah, Jillian's going to be doing some reporting, I guess, from the Pinto world. She's gonna, you know, write some articles and, you know, talk with some exhibitors that have some really cool stories to tell. Maybe she'll even get a couple people to do some Instagram takeovers so we can kind of see what's going on at the Pinto world. Uh, but yeah, so, so be sure to, to keep an eye out for, for all of Jillian's coverage while she's out there. Anyway, uh, let's jump into the interview. So today we are here with Aaron Toromino, who is an NRCHA professional. And I am super excited for this episode. I was actually fangirling a little bit when I first started talking to Aaron about doing this because I recently got into the cow horse after 15 years in the all around pen and seeing Down the Fence, which is a documentary that Aaron was in, kind of is what inspired me to get out of the all-around and try something new. So I'm super excited that you decided to come on the podcast and talk with us.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, so I guess um, when we usually start a podcast, we, we try to kind of dive into what your horse life was growing up. I know that you had a documentary that talked about all this, but for the listeners who maybe haven't seen it yet, can you kind of talk a little bit about your horse background and how you originally got involved in the horses?
2: Yeah, so I grew up in a, in a small town in Saskatchewan, Canada, and I grew up just, I mean, I don't know, for me, it seemed normal. You know, we just, I rode horses for fun and I had a pony and I had, I didn't have, you know specialty bred type horses. I just, I loved horses and I rode and I did everything you can think of on them. And, um, I just did it just, I mean, just for purely because I loved horses and I loved riding and I, I got into, um, 4-H, they have a light horse program in our area. And I started doing that and that led to doing some open shows and basically doing same thing kind of every event you can and that led to uh quarter horse shows and I showed the all-around for a few years in my youth um and then one thing led to another I ended up in Texas to show the all-around and that led me on the path of the cow horse that I never had anything to do with and here we are today that's that's a really short summary of it (laughs) I mean, I totally
0: feel you on going from the all around to the cow horse because it is so different. Um, And that was like, you know, I I did the all around for like 15 years. And, Mm -hmm. and when I sold my last horse at the 2011 world show, I was like, I like, I don't know what I want to do. And um, then I got involved with horse and rider and I got to meet all these cow horse people and see the documentary and kind of get into the sport. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this. (laughs)
2: Yeah. You know, I, I love the all around and it taught me so much and, and I learned so much from it and met some incredible people and, and I don't even really know why I fell into the cow horse. It's just one of those things that I think happens, you know, it's your path. And, but I'm thankful it did because once I got into it, I absolutely loved it and I haven't looked back and I wouldn't change it for anything.
0: Jillian you're welcome to pop in this is Jillian's first podcast interview she just started like three weeks ago so I'm trying to encourage her to speak up because I'll just ramble for an hour <laughs>
1: Sorry. no I'm I'm from the all-around background that's all I've ever known so I'm I'm definitely going to start kind of like branching out and yep. trying some other stuff because I feel like it's a really good place to get started and then it's cool to see the people that that go in different directions from there, but the foundation that they have and everything. um.
2: Yeah, I I love the foundation um, that I got and and just the places that it took me because where, you know, growing up where I grew up, cow horse at the time, I think it's more, there's more of it now, but it wasn't a prominent thing. It, It actually, I don't even really feel like it existed, you know, or I didn't know about it at all. And so you know, I'm incredibly thankful for how things developed and happened and the experience I got because without the all around, it wouldn't have led me at all to where I am today. Um, so no, I, I think, and, and the the horsemanship skills and just, just doing all of it. I, I feel like it, it, it holds a huge part of, of, of where I'm at.
0: A hundred percent. It's, you know, I, I am really thankful for that background and, I think for the first time in my life, the first time I did a lesson, a cow horse lesson, it was for horse and Rider On Demand, which is our video series. And Brad Barkemeyer was helping me. And he's like, you need to stop sitting so pretty. And I was like, this might be the first time in my life I'm told that I'm sitting
1: too pretty.
0: He's like, you got to hunker down a little. And I'm just like, I'm not used to that.
1: <laughs> it feels doctor. so wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bad posture. (laughs) Yeah. You
0: know, it's true. I learned that the hard way when I went down the fence for the first time and I popped right out of the saddle and he's like, you got to sit down.
2: (laughs) No, so true. I've heard that a million times.
0: (laughs) So you made your way to Texas. I'm assuming, were you still a youth rider? Were you, you, you went to the all around, you went to go learn the all around for youth or were you wanting to get into it in an open level?
2: So I sold my youth horse at the Congress, um, my last year, 14 to 18. And then I went to ride with some people as an amateur or non-pro, uh, in Aubrey, Texas. And that's, um, so I was still, I, you know, and I had a horse and stuff. So I, I sold my good youth horse and then I had bought another prospect. Um, and I had went to go ride with some people in Aubrey and that's kind of, um, how I got, got to Texas. Uh, and that didn't last very long. It just was one of those things that, you know, just didn't work out. So, but I wasn't ready to go home. I love Texas.
0: <laughs> well, it's a little warmer than Canada, I would imagine. Um, you know, yeah. you're not, you're not the only Canadian I know that has ended up in Texas and is like, I love it here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm from um, Florida. I can't even imagine how cold it is in Canada. I don't think I could could do that.
2: <laughs> well, Texas had a glimpse of Canadian weather here this past February at the NRCHA World Show. If anybody was wondering, um, we got it. We got really close to Canada weather. <laughs>
1: yeah, you were prepared. You knew what to do. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was prepared, but not not willing to accept it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. That was a mess. Um, were you, wait, was it you that was looking for the chains on the tires? I feel like somebody was searching on Facebook for chains for their golf cart or something. (laughs) I think
2: that was me. I think I posted a video on where to get, where to get, uh, chains for golf carts.
0: I was laughing so hard. I, that came across my Facebook somehow. I don't know who shared it, but I was laughing yeah. so hard. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh! I don't think I've ever heard of needing chains for a golf cart at a horse show in Texas.
2: <laughs> oh, those four golf uh, carts the same?
0: Those were <laughs> everything at Texas. Like people, like, oh my gosh, the trailers freezing, and oh, I couldn't even imagine. But um, yeah, you, you, I. I I give you so much credit for doing it though, because I think I would have just been like, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out.
2: <laughs> well, we were trying to weigh our options and our power, out was at, our power was out at our house in Weatherford. And we were actually, the RV we were staying in was my cousin's, who's also from Canada. So it's a Canadian RV, it's in all seasons. And so we actually didn't really freeze up at all. That RV was a trooper. So I was much more content in Fort Worth with power and some form of water, then I would have been in Weatherford with nothing.
0: <laughs> See, that, that Canadian background comes in handy. Yeah.
1: I, <laughs> I would this... have had no clue what to have done. Like, I would have had to Google everything. I actually moved back to Florida from Texas like a month before those storms came in, and I was really glad that I wasn't there just because I yeah. have no idea. I don't know how to drive in snow. I've never had to. <laughs> oh,
2: that's funny. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, I'm in Colorado, like it snowed two weeks ago. Oh my
2: gosh. I saw that. I have uh, some of my friends from there sent me videos. It was insane.
0: Yeah, it's super fun. Okay, so you end up in Texas and you clearly loved it because you are still there. Um, How did you, did you go somewhere else as as an amateur or did you decide, how did you decide I'm going to become an open rider? This is what I'm going to do with my life
2: well so through a friend i ended up getting a job um at a ranch at babcock ranch where ron Rawls was training out of and so i kind of one thing led to another and i kind of just started helping ron and then obviously when ron left babcock i left with him and and um you know i i don't ever vividly remember thinking um I want to be an open rider I just knew that I really liked working for Ron and I really loved what he had to offer and what he was teaching me and the cow horse was so different than what I had known in the past I just I just wanted to learn as much as I could and I was kind of addicted to it and I I I always remember when I was riding the all-around I always said I never wanted to make my hobby my career because I didn't I didn't think that I would enjoy it as much, but I couldn't really imagine myself doing anything else. And so I just stayed with it. And, and one thing led to another and, um, from Ron's, we, uh, had a brief stay at, uh, Black Rock Ranch in Idaho. We were there for about a year. And, um, from there we went to Todd Bergen's and we were at Todd's for five years and I just, I loved it so much. and I. You know, after, after Ron's, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I I loved the cow horse and, and I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. And when we went to work for Todd's, I mean, he taught us so much and it was just, it was just such a great experience that, I mean, we were, I was committed that far and I was that far into it. And I couldn't, I just, I feel like I'm on kind of on repeat, but I couldn't imagine doing anything else that that's that's where we stayed, or that's where I stayed. And I knew that that's what I, what I really wanted to do. I knew I had a long road ahead of me cause I started later in life. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't done it from, I hadn't done the cow horse, um, from a child, from my childhood, like I had the all around. So I knew, I knew I had a long road ahead of me and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. Um, but I just, I just, you know, it's become my passion and I eat, sleep and breathe it. And it's, It's, it's just, I couldn't imagine doing anything else and it's what, it's what I want to do. So I kind of try to tell myself everybody's timelines a little different and, you know, I started a little later in life, but it doesn't mean that it's not possible to to do and be successful at.
0: Well, and if, if you're going to learn the cow horse, I mean, Ron Rawls and and Bergen aren't, aren't a bad way to get into the sport. That is for sure. Uh, Like you you learn from the best.
1: (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know, and and I tried to keep my eyes and ears open and listen to what people said, and you know, people always told us that that if you want to do it and you want to do it right, you know, pick people that you want to learn from that you respect their programs, and that you know you have to commit to them. You can't, you know, I I was told all along you can't learn somebody's program in one or two years. You know, it's it's three or four years in of a lot of hard work, and you know a lot of, you have to be dedicated and good, bad, or different. You have to stick it out because I think the key, key to everything is, is consistency and, and a foundation. And I feel like, you know, you can always tweak your programs when you leave somewhere to fit you, but you have to have a foundation and you have to have consistency. And if you keep, if you jump from place to place to place, I wholeheartedly don't feel like you can get the consistency within yourself that you need. If you go to, six different guys in two years or five years even if you stick with a couple of programs that you respect and you dedicate yourself to it'll come through in your work the consistency because I mean that's all you're gonna know
0: yeah I think that's so true and you know like what you said earlier just really made me think like you know you really don't learn enough in those first couple of years it really does take that five six seven years of being with you know, a, a professional who has proven themselves and has the horses and in the business. I mean, because learning the business is a whole other thing. You know, you think horse yeah. training is the hard part. I think I would say owning and running a business is the harder part. Um,
2: I, did, I had no idea. You know, Todd always told us that, you know, horse training is one thing. Running a business is another thing. And you don't really grasp um, the concept of that. You, you, you're like, oh, you know, you can smile and nod and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go out on your own and you're like, wow. <laughs> it wasn't kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, when I graduated college, there was a period where I was not really sure what I was going to do with my life. Um, And I worked for somebody who I would consider a father figure and after like five years, he was like, you know, he's like, you can do this and you do well at it. He's like, but it's a, it's a hard living. And he's like, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to go and I'm going to use my degree and, and stay in the horse industry, but you know, approach it at a different way. Cause it is, it's a very tough, you know, lifestyle and industry and you have to work really hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I wholeheartedly believe, you know, they don't joke around when they say you get out of it, what you put into it.
1: I think Certainly. it's it's impressive for you that, you know, you came into the discipline not really, you know, as knowing as many people as you did in the all-around and, and being able to become such a, a well-respected trainer in the industry. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of hard to to do just because, you know, getting people to trust you and things like that really shows a lot about your your training and work ethic. And I think that's that's really cool.
2: Yeah. I think, I think if you, um, just stay true to who you are and you, you commit yourself to your program and, and you're just, I mean, you're just a, if you're just a good, honest, hardworking person, um, it'll take a little bit, but people will believe in you and you know, your everything you have your ups and downs, but, but I mean, you just have to keep your head down and keep working and, and it will, it will, it'll come around and pay off.
0: So, you know, you've talked a little bit about the, you know, people who kind of helped mentor you or just get you involved in the industry. Were there any horses that you really credit to, you know, either just boosting your confidence or just like making you really realize that this is the sport that you want to be involved in?
2: You know, early on, um, I didn't show i don't really think i showed much when i worked for ron so i mean i rode a lot of horses there um and just just the horsepower that ron had when i worked for him i it kept me you know it's those horses that really let you feel you know what a good cow horse was um that obviously helped the drive and then when i went to work for todd he gave me um he gave me a couple fraternity horses and, and I showed a couple of older horses and, you know, had made a, when I was working for him, made a couple of lower level finals or, you know, what have you and those, not any horse in particular, but just the horse quality that, that I was able to ride there. I mean, that in itself, you know, drove me that I wanted to be able to make that ho- or have a horse like have the horsepower that he had, that Todd had or that Ron had at the time have that horsepower. I wanted that in my barn for for I wanted to have that for me, for myself one day. Um, and some of the obviously some of the stuff that when you're an assistant that you get to show maybe isn't like every what what everybody craves to show, but I feel like maybe those lesser horses, I did well with them and they teach you as much or better than what, you know, if I would have gone to ride a great horse when I worked for him. um, I think I learned more from maybe a little bit lesser animal um, because it teaches you, it just teaches you so much about showing and training and, and just, it just, it grows you as a trainer and a competitor. So, you know, not, early on i don't have a specific horse um but the ones the the ones that i did get to show especially when todd would let me show an aged event horse or something i mean obviously they're not going to be something that he wants to go show or he would have done it right i mean it's just it's just the way it is as an assistant and but i'm so thankful for those horses that i was able to get to show and walk in that show pen on because every time you know i learned I learned something new or, you know, even in preparing a horse, those, those horses teach you so much about what you need to do. And, you know, unless you stay relevant in the show pen, and when I, when I say relevant, I don't mean winning necessarily, but unless you keep yourself walking in the show pen, it, you don't know how to stay relevant in training because there's just, it's just so different. If that makes sense.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. You know, uh, things are always changing. And I think as we evolve as a sport, not just the cow horse, but just the Western industry in general, like, you know, we're the breeding we're doing, you know, the training it's so specialized now things have really, really changed from 20 years ago when we were even showing. And, and so, yeah, it is really important to stay relevant in the show pen. And and like you said, it's not always who's winning. It's who's actually going to those shows and who is you know, constantly out there. But Um, No, I I totally, I I think having horsepower really does help teach somebody how to do it. It is a lot easier when you have somebody or a a talented horse that can kind of guide you into the sport. I got really lucky. I have a, I have a bridal horse that's won about 50,000 in the non-pro and, you know, he saves my butt all the time because I still don't know what I'm doing, but um, I, you know, I have to say that really helped me gain confidence, especially working a cow, cause it is so different from anything that yeah. I ever done or Jillian or, or whatever. And, um, but yeah, it, you know, it, those horses are fantastic. And I am so thankful that I have that horse because I, you know, he's really helped me, but, uh, those lesser horses, those are the ones that really teach you how to be a trainer and how to ride Thank and, you. and. And you learn not to, you know, you can't create a program around what you like. You have to learn to read those horses and understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. And I I do, I think it makes you a better trainer.
2: I I couldn't agree more. And that's, I don't know if I answered your question, like completely how you wanted, but you know, when that's what I, you know, when I work for him, I don't have a, I don't early on, I don't have a specific horse because I think I learned so much from each one of those horses that I was just thankful. And when, you know, when you're an assistant, you're thankful for every time you get to walk in that show pen, And every time you walk out, you know, you better yourself and you better the horse and you better the person you work for, because it just helps you. It just helps you understand what the process is and what you're trying to learn and what, what they're trying to get you to do. It just, it just grows you. If this is what you want to do, situations like that just grows you more than what you realize I think I realize it more now than I did even in the time. Now I, I think it, you know, it makes more sense than it did, you know, at the moment. So,
1: yeah, that's so true. It's, it's funny how when you're in the moment with the horse and learning and things, you don't really realize how much you're learning until you apply it to a different horse or something else. And then you're like, oh, I'm really glad that I had to work that hard with that horse. So,
2: yeah, yeah, you have those aha moments.
0: Yeah. <laughs> gotta love those aha moments. Those are the (laughs) things that keep me doing this (laughs) (laughs) after what 20 some years and I'm still going, Oh, that's why he did that. (laughs) Um, so how long after working for Ron and then, um, Todd and, uh, how long after that did you decide that? Like, I'm going to go out on my own. This is what I'm going to do
2: so when we were at todd's um we got the opportunity to go work um for Gardner quarter horses and so you know um i honestly i didn't i mean we were at Todd's for five years and i still didn't feel like i was ready um i hadn't shown as much you know as a lot of people in my situation had and obviously starting later i i felt i just felt really green really green still to the sport but at the same time i knew that the only way I was going to get better and the only way I was going to grow is if I basically took that step or took that leap and, and went and worked for somebody where I was going to get to show as much as I wanted or more than I even wanted, you know? And I mean, I felt like in a sense too, I was maybe throwing myself to the wolves a little bit, not necessarily knowing everything I needed to know, but, um, so after five years at Todd's, uh, my husband and I went and worked for Gardner Quarter Horses in Ashland, Kansas. And we were there not, not that long. I mean, a year and a half, almost two years, I guess. Um, but it was, it was an incredible stepping stone for us. And I mean, I got to walk in that show pen so many times. Um, fortunately I was eligible for every level you can imagine in the cow horse, which was a huge blessing. Um, cause that, you know, every little check you get in every, every situation, you get to make a finals or something it doesn't matter what level it is it it boosts your confidence and that also helps your program um so five years at todd's and then a year and a half at gardeners and then from there um i guess it was almost two years at gardeners um we went to stewart ranch and opened up it would have been the end of 2015 i guess 26 beginning of 2016. we started our own program um and had the amazing opportunity to ride out of stewart ranch in warrico oklahoma and we were there for three years and that place is just amazing and terry Force is just an incredible human they opened up their home and their family and their ranch to us and that's where we started tormino performance horses
0: oh i love that i didn't realize you had uh bounced from kansas to oklahoma before making your way back to texas um yep but uh you know, I think what you said, just you know, the people they opened up the ranch to you and you know treated you like family. I I think that's what I really love about this industry is that um, people do that kind of thing and and you you meet people who are not necessarily family but become family and you know those kind yep. of situations and you know I'm sure that's huge when you go out on your own and I, I can't even imagine trying to find a facility and you know all the things that come with owning a facility, a training facility, you know trucks, trailers electricity <laughs> people cleaning stalls if you can even afford that the shavings yeah. the hay you know the whatever tractors i mean it's just never ending so that's huge to to have had a ranch that you could come in and and kind of you know figure it out and and get going
2: yeah it was it was really uh i mean it was really an ideal we couldn't have asked and been more lucky basically to have i mean we walked into a turnkey operation um terry you know and robert they they set us up they they without them we wouldn't have what we have we walked into a ready-to-go facility we were you know customer horses um we had a we just had an incredible situation and we were there for three years and you know we got to know them through when we were at gardeners we got to know um terry and robert and and uh we became really good friends and they basically became our family and they let us into their family. And I mean, we, that's where our son was born. I, well, you know, when we were there and it was just, yeah, they were incredible. They opened up their whole place to us and we were able to run our business. And I mean, shoot, you couldn't, we couldn't ask for a better situation. I mean, we were really actually very lucky. So it, it was, it was a blessing in disguise. We had no idea what we were going to do and Terry offered the place and we got there. And I mean, we were, up and rolling in a day. I mean, it, it was, it was an incredible situation.
0: So by the time you went out on your own, were you still feeling like you were green? Did you feel like finally comfortable? Like I belong here. This is, you know, I'm, I'm part of this. Like, what was that like when you decided to go out on your own?
2: Well, so I'd had a little bit of success at gardeners. I ended up reserve at the Snafflebit fraternity in 2015 on a horse that Garth and Amanda owned. Um, And so that gave me some confidence that that you know I could possibly do this, you know. And then after that, after that champion, that reserve championship at the Snaffle Bit, I struggled for a little while um, because I had a lot of early success, and so I nece- maybe didn't necessarily when I left and went out on my own. I had some really nice horses, but I maybe didn't have the horsepower that I needed to compete with all the open guys and being reserved at the snaffle bit, I knocked myself out of basically every level. So I was an open rider, you know, in a very short time. And so I, I knew I could do it, but I struggled. I had some moments where I struggled. I mean, honestly, I, I had nice horses, you know, did I have horses that could always compete with a lot of those open guys that are just incredible and have, great horsepower you know no I and and was my program completely finished and solid absolutely not I was still trying to figure out you know pieces of it that worked for me and you know to combine all three events and get that consistency uh it was I I struggled for a little while I really did and um but it was, it wasn't a bad struggle. It was a good struggle. I had, I had amazing clients that stood behind me. Um, they just, they, they were, I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about them because they stuck with me through, through a lot of stuff, trying to figure, you know, trying to find my way and start our business and still figure out your program. And I mean, they were just incredible. And I mean, it took, I think it took two or three years after that before I, you know, really got a consistency of where I was confident in training and, and I could put all three events together consistently. And I mean, I feel like in what we do, if you, if you ever stop learning, then that's where you kind of, you know, you, you can't stop learning. You have to stay relevant and you have to keep, you have to keep growing. But um, after that 2015 win, I I had a moment where it kind of, I struggled for a little while, trying to trying to really still find my feet and and figure out what worked for me but um, I think it all I think it all worked out and it's it's working out I everything happened for a reason so I'm I'm very thankful
0: I mean it's clearly working out you just won what the stallion stakes yeah <laughs> I mean that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah. Love um yeah so so obviously things are working out for you you've won i mean i don't even know what all you've won this year i feel like i see your name every time i'm on social <laughs> media um and uh are you also doing the run for a million cowhorse invitational
2: yes we are when did
0: you when did you find that out
2: um so we well uh i guess we were at the SRCHA show in Fort Worth here a couple weeks ago now um I heard a rumor about it and somebody asked if I got an email and I was like no I didn't get no email but I'm terrible at checking my emails clearly um so I finally decided to scroll through my email and there it was yeah I found out yeah (laughs) good
1: thing you checked your email
2: (laughs) note to self check the email
0: (laughs) (laughs) good things come Um, from emails um So like, do you know anything about, I mean, I I don't know what all you can share, you know, obviously it's, it's a pretty high produced event with Paramount and Taylor Sheridan, but do you know anything about it outside of that? It's an invitational and, um, you know, they chose, what is it like 15 riders to compete?
2: Yeah, they took the top 15 in the NRCHA. Um, and honestly, I don't know that much about it. I know we had to accept the invitation by June 1st, which I made sure I did do that. So
0: you're like yes 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 yes
2: Um, check um but as far as much else I I did ask a couple of questions but but I haven't really I don't know I don't really know I know it's in August and um it's bridal horse deal so yeah
0: (laughs) I'm excited I think it's going to be so much fun to see the top 15 with finished bridal horses that know what they're doing um I think I might even go just for fun. Like I don't even want to cover it for the magazine. I just want to go and be a spectator and watch it with my friends. And cause I, I, I was the managing editor of the Rainer for a little bit too. So I, I have, you know, a background in the raining a little bit. I've never shown a Rainer, but, um, so I enjoy watching the raining and all that, but I was super excited when I saw that the cow horse was going to do an invitational and I don't know. It could just be because I've like immersed myself in the cow horse in the last two years and I'm just like ready to just go to anything and talk to anybody and do anything. And, um, cause it's just so much fun, but I I'm super excited for it. I saw that your name was on it. Um, and yeah, it it looks like a really good lineup of people. It's going to be a really cool event.
2: Yeah, It's a great lineup. I mean, to be amongst those top 15 that, that you get invited, I mean, to be in the top 15 period, I mean, obviously our goals are all to be you know, in that top spot, but to be able to be invited to something like this, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I don't, I have no idea what I'm writing yet. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm at. Yeah. we're well, I, August
0: I, is still a little ways away. I think you have some God, time. Thank, <laughs>
2: yeah, thank, thank goodness. Yeah. We, we still got to figure that one out, but, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be so fun. And that, amongst any of those guys um in the top 20 you would feel honored you know so um it's a shame they can't take more um but you're thankful to be in the group that you're in and yeah i am so excited
0: well and i just think that what they're doing um for raining for cowhorse um you know i've heard through the grapevine that maybe even cutting down in the future and i think it's so cool what we're doing to kind of Get the public involved with the sport that maybe don't actually watch horses. Like my my boyfriend is not a horse person. I mean, he watches me and he videos me and he says good job (laughs) all the time. I appreciate it. (laughs) I'll like lose the cow and he's like, you did so good. I'm like, "Ah, thank you. That's so. Um, (laughs) But he's even like he watches the TV shows. You know, he loves Yellowstone, the the Last Cowboy, and even he is like, I want to go to that. Like, I want to go watch these guys and. You know, he loves the horses because I love the horses, but outside of that, he wouldn't have no reason to go to a horse show. So I think it's cool that they're they're kind of trying to make it exciting for the public.
2: Yeah I, yeah, I I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think people are excited about it because, you know, things are starting to open up and, and it's just an event that people can look forward to. And it's gonna be an event with, you know, some amazing, you know, some of the best reiners and reigning horses in, in their industry. And with the top 15 of the cow horse, it's just going to be, it's going to be very spectator friendly and it should be a lot of fun. It's And it's going to be such great camaraderie between everybody in both events. I just, it's, I'm very excited for it. I'm looking forward to it.
0: The $150,000 purse also doesn't hurt,
2: but. <laughs> that doesn't, that, that's, yeah, no, that sounds nice too
0: um speaking of the sidebar uh I was very excited when I got money at the horse show that I went to because I was like for all around I was like oh I was like point I was doing points for so long and I was like wait people actually like get money by-? it's insane <laughs> I was like wait I can actually pay for my entry fee yeah like what am I doing I'm just
1: giving Yay. my money to them <laughs> I-
2: Maybe that's the other reason why I love cow horse so much. I went from getting points in the all around to all of a sudden I'm getting paid to do this. I mean, I'm
0: by no means making the same kind of money you are. And I was excited. I was like, man, I got 500 bucks at this last horse show. Like I was
2: stoked. Yeah, you didn't go home in the hole.
0: <laughs> and of course, so um, my dear friends who are clients of yours, Janie Jill and Bill Toynton, yes. are the people that I ride with. They are very close friends of mine and they took me to the horse show and they're the ones that have been kind of like taking me under their wing to show me everything and and they were just like oh yeah like you know like because $300 is like nothing for like what they're used to competing and I'm like yeah like I won like I won the 5k and I got like $300 and I was so excited you could have thought that I won the congress
2: that's awesome I love it
0: Yeah, I was very excited when I found out that you could actually win some money and maybe not go home completely, you know, broke, have yeah. a little bit of money back, pay In for fl- your hotel or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, man. Yeah. I was like, I covered, <laughs> I was like, I covered 75% of my entry fee. This is great. I still had to pay the cattle fee and the st- stall and the shavings, but Hey, I got like part of my entry fee paid for. So true um okay so you were reserve at the fraternity um was that the year that you got the arena record as well for the fence work
2: yeah real close to the arena record yeah
0: really close yeah i just remember like literally i had chills when i watched that documentary and they showed you the next year and you i mean just the announcer and and that ride it was just so cool and i was just like oh my god do that like sold sold all my saddles like all my clothing I was like I'm 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 all in now
1: (laughs) it's so much more intense than anything that I'm used to watching like it's it's actually fun to watch the you know like you're not knowing what's going to happen and everything you can sit there and watch the same horsemanship pattern for all day and it's like watching paint dry but (laughs) with the cows and everything it's just so so exciting so
2: yeah, it is. I think that's what keeps you hooked. I mean, you have some incredible highs, and you can have some incredible lows. Um, but it's those it's those highs that keep keep you hooked and keep you going. You just crave that moment again, and you crave that that feeling of. I mean, because um, especially in the fence work, I mean, in any event, but especially in the fence work, you can go from hero to zero or zero to hero in I mean a matter of seconds and it's it's those highs that keep you craving and keeping you wanting more and it it's what gets you through the times that are maybe a little less undesirable.
0: desirable um another thing that I just love about it too is like you can you can have the horsepower and you can have the best horse in that arena but that cow can humble you really fast
2: it doesn't matter you can rerun that finals you know we were rerun that finals in Vegas any given day Um, and there will be a different winner. I guarantee it. It's not, I mean, there's really nice horses and, and, and you have an idea of who may make a finals or, you know what I mean? Those horses that are just so consistent, but at the end of the day too, it's, it's a luck of the draw and you can rerun any of the, any of those finals any day and the, the outcome could be completely flipped around.
0: I think that's another thing that really just like, attracted me to the sport is just you know like I don't have the money to spend what I would have had to spend to be competitive in the all-around like I was when I was a youth and and you know just starting out as an amateur but I feel like in the cow horse there is that ability to you don't have to spend that much money and still be good at it because it doesn't you can spend three hundred thousand dollars on a horse and still not be able to cut a cow
2: right I mean (laughs) It, it
0: takes a little bit of skill and horsemanship. You can't, you know, and not saying I'm not saying that the all around you don't because that is a totally different animal. And like right. I said, I'm so thankful for that background. but yeah. I just, you know, That's it's it's very different when you have another animal in that arena, and you don't know how to control it, you know,
2: <laughs> like if it, no.
0: if you don't know how to read that cow, like you're you're done, yeah,
2: and it definitely nerve you know the nerves of it is is you just don't know when you walk through that gate what you're gonna get on the other end.
1: It definitely shows a lot about like who you are as a writer being able to to do that. You know and there's so many variables that's that kind of freaks me out. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm too much of a control freak to not know what, what I'm gonna get.
2: <laughs> I am very much of a control freak and it's sometimes a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> or perfect yeah.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, The perfectionist thing. I, I understand. I, I, I blame the all around. I really do there. Yeah. You you have to be a perfectionist to do well in it. Um, but yeah, you, you really have to learn to trust your horse when you're going down the fence because you, if you, if you try to turn too soon or like, I mean, a lot of things can go wrong. It does. It takes a lot of ability to trust your horse and and do It,
2: it. You gotta, you gotta trust your training.
0: I like that. So is there any like philosophies that you kind of took away from your time working for the people that you worked for, that you still apply to your current training program?
2: You know, I, I honestly, the probably the biggest thing that I took away from both of them and I mean, Todd and Ron are two completely different trainers and both incredibly successful and both incredibly great people and um, but the biggest thing I think that I took away from both of them, and you know, the luxury of working for I both of them. I mean, worked for Ron for four and a half years, and Todd for five. Um, is is the consistency of a program? The consistency of, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. They both good, bad, or different, They both preached consistency. Ron was all about going back to that foundation. You know, if you step them up, and something, something, you know the wheels kind of fall off when you try to step them up. You know, you always have that foundation to go back to. And when I worked for Todd, Todd was Todd was the same way. I mean, obviously his program is is a lot different than Ron's, but it's it his program is so consistent and and so you know, yeah, everybody learns and grows and you tweak things here and there in your program, but but the consistency that I learned from both of them completely different programs but stay consistent i mean that that is probably the biggest thing that i took away from working working for both of them like i said they're they're two completely different human beings and their process is very different um and there's there's incredible things about both of them both programs are great programs but i think the biggest thing is just to be consistent good bad, or different you have to be consistent um if you're all over the map, your horse is all over the map. And I don't know how, you know, they always said, you know, how can you, how can you expect them to to bail you out or be there for you? Or, you know, when you never know what you're going to have, if you yourself are not consistent.
0: I think that's huge because, you know, it it is very much a two-way street. You need to trust your horse, but your horse needs to know that you're going to be there and support him. And you're going to you know, do what's right for him. Uh, and, and same can go for even your clients, like being consistent with them. And, you know, the whole thing, I think consistency is huge just throughout the whole horse training business.
1: Yeah. I think that definitely transfers over throughout probably every discipline. Um, just the consistency with everything and, you know, that horses learn through repetition, repetition. So, um, that's so important.
2: And like I said, you know, you can alter and tweak that consistency, you know, you, you're going to grow as a person and grow as a trainer and your horses are going to grow. But when you change, you know, and obviously to stay, to stay relevant and stay fresh, I mean, you have to change and you have to learn and you have to grow, but it's to be consistent with the foundation and consistent with, with how you, you know, you can alter things slightly, but don't alter things every day, you know, don't change daily You know, if you, if you tweak a little bit here or there, I think that's fine. But the biggest thing is at the end of the day, you know, stay, stay very consistent and your horses will come through for you too.
0: Not to get totally off topic, but that could totally be applied to just a person in general. You know, you can, you can tweak things. And if you want to change a habit or a lifestyle, like don't Mm -hmm. decide you're going to wake up all day, like the next morning and be like, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like it. You can't <laughs> change everything. You have to have some consistency in your life, or you're gonna you're gonna go crazy. Your horse is gonna go crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and you'll
0: be, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna say and and they'll be lost, and so will you. That's definitely.
0: <laughs> so you you obviously got started in the in your passion, I guess, for riding um, later in life, um, which you're, I think you were still a little earlier than I am. So. <laughs> I'm over here like, man, you got started early. I'm like in my thirties and I'm like, I'm going to do something new. Um, But what would be your advice to somebody who is maybe thinking about getting out of what they're doing or maybe have, have never shown and want to show a horse, whether it's the all around or, or, you know, ranch riding or or cow horse, what, what would your advice be to them for getting involved in the sport later?
2: You just, you just have to do it. And, and if it's, if it's, if you love it, it doesn't matter when it doesn't matter when you start. Like I said, everybody's timeline is different and nobody, nobody's, nobody's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess, I guess timeline is the best way to put it. Nobody's timeline is the same. Some people start when they're five years old, two years old. Some people start when they're 25 years old or 30 years old. It doesn't matter if it's what you love and what you want to do. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, it absolutely doesn't. I mean, I didn't start it until I was you know, in my early twenties, I mean, and I was against a lot of people that have done it since that's all they know. So it, it, it absolutely doesn't matter if it's what you feel is right and you, you love it and you crave it and, and you're happy doing it, do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the person next to you. It doesn't matter when they started it. If it's what makes you happy and it's what you want to do, then, then absolutely do it. And the harder you work, the more successful you'll be.
0: I love it. So true. So before we wrap this up, you're obviously getting ready for Scottsdale. What else is on the lineup for this year? What horses are you bringing to Scottsdale?
2: So I have um, three Derby horses and a two-rain horse and um, a bridle spec horse that I'm taking to Scottsdale. And I'm going to haul some three-year-olds out there. Um, after Scottsdale, I think there's a little Derby in Tennessee that I'm going to take some horses to, and then. We are full swing into fraternity season, ready or not.
0: Well, I'm excited, and I'm very excited to see you at the Run for a Million. So we'll be cheering oh, okay.
2: you on. Oh, gosh, how did can't, I did yeah. run for the
1: million? <laughs> you can't forget Just that. A little, little show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man. Oh, man. Well, it sounds like you're going to be busy in Scottsdale. We so appreciate you taking time to come talk with us. I know it's been a little hectic trying to get our schedules to line up, Uh-oh. but <laughs> I'm very so long (laughs) (laughs) no I'm so happy we finally got to work it out but we will be cheering you on this year and hopefully get to report back on the run for a million and how well it went
2: yeah I'm so excited about that
0: awesome well thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you
2: yes thank you
0: to the ride podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts follow horse and rider magazine on social media and find us at horse and
1: if you guys have any questions or comments please be sure to hit us up at horse and rider at equine network.com we want to hear from you guys
0: and if you like what you're listening to be sure to leave us a review on itunes